2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 1. I'm going to let you stay seated because I'm going to read a lot tonight. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. He says, I want you to think about the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now you read that, you understand what that's saying. That sounds like an oxymoron. You know what an oxymoron is? It is it's opposite, big little, right? So I, I remember playing at Chattooga High School, the Chattooga Indians, their ba- football stadium was called Little Bighorn. That's an oxymoron, little big, that's oxymoron. It sounds like an oxymoron in verse 2 that they have affliction but abundance of joy. Deep poverty but riches of liberality. That don't make sense. That passeth understanding. Let's read on. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power Watch this. They were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. They were begging us to receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to say they knew what it was for. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own self to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. In so much, this was happening so much, in so much that we desired Titus, that he had begun, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and and your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Watch this. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also be forward a year ago. Now therefore, watch this, perform the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that, man, that a man hath, and not according to that he hath. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened, watch this, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. Let's pray. Father, I pray you'd help me because I'm trying my best to obey your word. Obey the wooing of the Spirit and the, the moving and, and, the, and, and what you knew we needed for tonight. You knew this night was coming. You knew uh, how these things were going to line up. You knew all of that. 
You knew the kind of, you knew the kind of service we could have had. And there's still no telling what, would, what could have happened in this room tonight. There may be someone here under the sound of our voice that does not know you in the free part. I know there's some young people still searching for truth and understanding. And God, we know that. There may be somebody else. There may be some of them that, that God, you've turned the light on for. That Holy Ghost conviction that's been mentioned here tonight has set into their soul. They need to be saved. Lord, they can be saved. They can be born again if they believe on you. Then, God, God I, I, there's others that just need to rejoice in their salvation. Father, I pray that we would, we would be obedient to your word now. I pray you'd help me say everything I need to say, nothing I don't need to say. But I pray that I, I say it in the right spirit and it's received in the right spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So Macedonia, in this verse 1, says that I, I, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Macedonia was a place of, of, of intense persecution, a place where there was poverty, yet the Bible said they gave sacrificially, and, and the Bible said, Paul said, they gave beyond their power. They gave more than the, what they were really able to give. And one of the most, uh, one of the most foundational truths in a Christian life is that that you need to understand this: that giving to the work of the Lord is not to pay off a debt you owe, but it is a seed you sow. Now listen, we owe a great debt to our God. We owe a debt that we can't pay. We owe a debt to our Savior uh, for saving us and giving us a new life in Christ. Uh, and thank God for that. And we owe uh, our life to Him. And, and we ought to try to give as much as we can to Him because of that. But watch this. When we give, it's more than just paying a debt. It is sowing a seed because when we are giving to the work of the Lord, we are investing in eternity. We're investing in an internal harvest. We are investing in lives that can be changed for eternity. We give tonight, we've got to understand that we give not because we owe Christ a great debt, but we give because the grace of God abounds in our heart and the grace of God makes us want to give to Him and give to His work. Now, these Macedonians... They gave out of their deep poverty. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. You understand something about what's going on during these days of what, where we're at in 2 Corinthians. Churches are being planted by, uh, by, by I mean, uh, a lot. They're, they're, I don't know the right word. They're, they're rapidly. And, of course, the reason is persecution. Persecution is spreading the church out and uh, some of these churches that were starting were strong, they were fruitful, but others like this in Macedonia, when they started they were weak and they were needy as far as physically goes because of persecution. They were in great, the Bible says, uh, uh, they were in great trial of affliction, verse 2 says. 
And so they were in a heavier persecution. And, and, and so what happens in these days, and you read this in the, uh, the New Testament epistles, Paul would write to one church and ask them, would you take an offering up above the tithe? Would you take an, an offering up and help these, and this other church in need, help these other Christians in need? And, and Paul seems as if Paul had written a letter to the church at Macedonia and the church at Corinth asking them about the need down in Jerusalem and, and of course Acts chapter 8 tells us that Paul was one of the leaders of the persecution before he got saved y'all know that he was Saul of Tarsus and, but, and, and so his, him and leader in that persecution started that spread of the church and, and, and you wonder if now with all of that Paul felt a responsibility uh, uh, to, uh, to go back to Jerusalem and help this church and so, so Paul when he was Saul, before he was saved, he helped scatter that church. And, of course, y'all know uh, the church drove out of Jerusalem. And, of course, then the next place was Antioch. And then now churches are being started everywhere. And the church in Jerusalem was struggling because of persecution. Uh, they were financially in trouble. And so he is, he is charging, he's asking churches to help their brothers and sisters in Christ back in Jerusalem. And here we find in chapter 8 that this church in Macedonia who was needy, according to verse number 2, deep poverty, they responded generously. This church that had a, a great trial of affliction, uh, had deep poverty, the Bible said they abounded the riches of their liberality. They were generous in their giving, but yet there's a church down at Corinth who had uh, wealth, who had, uh, they were in a more affluent city, they, 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 they had more wealth, they had more, uh, more skill sets, they had more people, probably than Macedonia. The church at Corinth, they were indifferent to the need of others. Sound like they had not been giving, uh, they had not been giving uh, uh, like the Macedonians did. And so Paul here uses the church at Macedonia to set an example up, not just for Corinth, but he sets an example up for us about the grace of giving, the grace of God in our giving. We see first of all Macedonia, how can a impoverished church, how can a poverty-stricken church give like they gave? How is it? Well, first of all, we've got to notice where did their passion for giving come from? They gave from their heart. See, this wasn't giving that was prompted by guilt. Paul didn't have to guilt Macedonia into giving. This was not a, uh, it was not a, a giving out of greed. Boy, there's a lot of that. I, I, I'll say a little bit. But there's a lot of people that give out of greed. And here, here's what I mean. They give because they expect God to give back to them. I gave this much, so God, you've got to give me this much. They, 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 give, they give out of expectation of, of, of others giving to them. But this was not the, 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 the idea behind Macedonia's giving. It was not guilt. It was not greed. Watch this. Matter of fact, it was not because somebody expected them to give. Paul expecting them to give, but he didn't expect them to give that much. Paul had little expectation on Macedonia, not because they were bad Christians, but they didn't have nothing. They were being persecuted. They were poor. They were poverty. But watch this. He said they gave beyond their power. 
I'd have never guessed, can I, if it's 2023, I'd have never guessed they could give that much. I never would have thought that little crowd would have been able to give that. I never would have thought that bunch of poor people would have gave that much. I remember five years ago this week, five years ago this week, I was in Papua New Guinea. And then people were impoverished. They were very poor compared to what we are in America. The poorest people in America are richer than the people in Papua New Guinea, especially on the island that we were on. You saw those people at the end of that week gave. And in, 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 the, in, the, in the realms of money, it was not anything at all uh, as far as what we would say, man, that's a good offering. But they gave what they had. And they gave not because Brother Andrews didn't get up there and guilt them into giving. He didn't grieve them into giving. Matter of fact, he didn't even ask them to give. He didn't tell them to give. He didn't, because he knew they didn't have it. He didn't ask them to do anything but come to church and watch this. At the end of that week, they stood up and said, uh, Missionary Pastor, we want to give these gospel preachers, we want to give them an offering. They gave us balloons and they're, my, those, they're in my office there, those bags, those hand-sewn bags, those hand-weaved bags. And then they gave us, they started giving us uh, money, PNG money. It was one of the most humbling things because you knew they didn't have to give. You saw how they lived. You saw how they worked and how they, 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 they operated their life. But watch this, they had a passionate heart to give to the work of the Lord. They gave by grace. These Macedonians gave by God. It almost just seems as Paul tried to hold them back from giving. You saw, well, look at verse 4. Pray, not, not giving altogether, but giving them as much. Watch this. Praying us with much entreaty that we would get, receive the gift. It's almost as if he was saying, no, 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 that's way too much. No, no, y'all can't afford to do that. And he said, they, they prayed me with much entreaty. No, you're going to take this. No, no, you're going to take this. No, that's too much. Let's take a little off. Keep a little bit for y'all's, y'all's funds. Keep a little bit for your stuff. You got no, no, uh, I can remember a lady named Miss Lou. I was a teenage preacher boy. I was paying uh, the preacher on the radio every week, and and I remember being at church one one went. It was a it was a Sunday morning. We got in the foyer of the church there, my, the church I was at when I was a teenager, and Miss Lou I, I had had barely anything. She, was, she, she didn't have a whole lot. She was raising a grandson, a little boy named Blake. And, and uh, Miss Lou, uh, she, she didn't even know how old she was. She didn't have a birth certificate. She just kind of made up a date that she was born, celebrated her birthday. Uh, she was old-timey, buddy. But she knew God. And Miss Lou come to me on one Sunday morning with tears in her eyes and wanted to hand me a $20 bill. I said, oh, Miss Lou, you can't give me that. I said, Miss Lou, you can't give me that $20. I said, I know, I know. I, I said, I need to give you money. I need to help you. She's a widow lady raising a grand. I said, I shouldn't be taking money from no widow. I shouldn't be taking money from. And she looked at me and she, says, she said, uh, Preacher boy, you're not going to rob me of a blessing. I said, oh, Miss Lou. I said, I know. I said, but I can't take this from you. I understand what you're saying. But you, you just got to understand. Maybe you're just being emotional right now. I, I'm okay. I, I got everything. She said, you're going to put this to that radio broadcast. She prayed me with much entreaty to take that $20 bill. And I took that $20 that Sunday and took it straight to the radio and handed it to them. And you know what? She prayed me. I can remember. I, I got a mindset that Paul was kind of like, no, 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 no. Y'all can't do this. That's way too much. He attempted to hold them back. But watch as they pleaded with him, take the gift. So how can 
These people who needed so much themselves give so generously. How they how they have such a passion to give? Well, it, it happened. I'll tell you how it happened. The grace of God. Verse one. Verse one. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Watch this. It is the grace of God that gives us a desire and the ability to give back to Him. Notice that the great grace of God bestowed on the churches. Listen, this giving was not empowered by guilt or greed or any other motive. It was empowered by the grace of God. Watch this. The grace of God is the disposition in our heart created by the Holy Spirit of God. You don't work up grace in your life. You don't muster up grace in your life. You don't manufacture grace in your life. The grace of God was bestowed on the churches. Listen, you're not saved by your own works. And listen, and you're not working by your own works. Amen. Once you're saved, you're, you work by the grace of God. And the grace of God's bestowed on you to give you a desire to serve Him and a desire to give to Him. And then gives you the ability to do anything for God. I'll go into that in just a minute. Watch it. That word bestowed means to be supplied. It means to be furnished. Watch this. Simply, desire, simply put right here. God gave them the desire. He supplied them. He furnished them with the desire to give. Now watch this. When you give to the work of God, it's not you giving. It's God giving through you. Now listen. listen you, you ought not give for your recognition if you're, and you won't give for your recognition if you're giving by the grace of God. Now listen. The Spirit of God moves on your heart to give to the work of God. All right, so grace, watch this. Verse number seven, he said this. Therefore, he's just gave that illustration of Macedonia. We're going to visit that in just a minute. He said, as ye abound in everything. He said, church at Corinth, you abound in a whole lot. You, you're, you got a lot going on. Watch this, you abound in faith. You got a lot of faith down there at Corinth. You got a lot of faith. Watch it. And utterance. You got a lot of people that can talk the talk. Well, they can talk it. And listen, he's not being facetious here. Y'all hear me? He's not being a smart aleck. Y'all got a lot of faith down there. You got a lot of utterance. You got some preachers down there that can preach the paint off the wall. My goodness, you've got some teachers out there, down there that can expound the scriptures and put the cookies on the bottom shelf. You've got the gift, the grace of God has given you utterance in your church. Faith, watch this, and he goes on. And knowledge, y'all know the scriptures down there. Y'all got that book. Y'all understand the scriptures. You not got knowledge. Watch this. And in all diligence, you're hard workers down there. Well, y'all are faithful in the labor down there. The grace of God gave that faith. The grace of God gave that utterance. The grace of God gave that knowledge. The grace of God gave that diligence. Watch this. And in your love to us, God's grace has, has gifted you to love me. Paul's saying, y'all love me like you ought to. Y'all understand, I ain't got time, but, but Corinth is the carnal church, Right? He has to tell them, hey, I've been trying to talk to you with meat, but I can't because your baby's in Christ, you're carnal. But you know what? They loved him, right? They loved, right? The grace of God. Watch this. He said this, therefore, as ye abound in everything, the end of verse 7, see that ye abound in this grace also. All that's good, and it ought to be there. 
And the grace of God uh, uh, gifted you with that. The grace of God's gifted you with an ability to give. The grace of God has given you a desire, has given you the ability to give, but do you have a desire to give? Paul said this, you've got all these other spiritual gifts by God's grace, then then, then, then if you can have those gifts by grace, then you can have the grace, the the gift of giving by grace. God's grace. Now, Now watch this. Chapter 9, and I don't know how it's laid out in your book, but the next page over in my, my Bible, verse 8 says this, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Here's what that means. Here's that in context what's going on here. You don't have to be good. Can I say it like that? I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Our church don't have to be good at just one thing. Here's what I mean. You don't have to be just a church that's strong in faith. You don't have to be just a church that's strong in utterance, preaching. You don't have to be just a church that's just strong in knowledge or just strong in love or just strong in diligence or just strong in giving. You can have all the grace of God to be able to do the work that he's called us to do in this hour. Now thank God that he saved us by his grace. We've been praising God about that this morning, this evening, praising God for his amazing grace that saved us. But that same grace that saved us is the same grace that sustains us to live this Christian life. See, the grace of God was, not, was, was bestowed on the churches at Macedonia that, that they didn't just give. But the Bible says they gave liberally. It's the only time the word liberal is a good thing. <laughs> he said this in verse 2, the riches of their liberality, they gave generously. Listen, they, they weren't looking to get put in the, they weren't getting looked, they were not looking to get put in the Bible. They, I, they didn't know that 2,000 years ago we'd still be talking about them. They weren't given for that. They weren't seeking uh, some kind of self-gratitude. No, no, listen, they had a heart to do, to do what they could for the work of the Lord. And, 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 and what Paul, Paul thought they couldn't do, Paul didn't think they could give like that. They saw that, hey, we can give. And so we, we're going to give. Watch this. And so what happens is we see a, the poverty plus the grace of God equals generosity. Poverty plus the grace of God, equals generosity. The sad thing is, sad thing is, a church like Corinth has a lot, has a lot, watch this, riches minus the grace of God equals selfishness. You know what I find in my Christian life? When I have little, it's easier for me to give more about y'all but when I have little it's easier for me to give more but when I have more it seems like it's harder to let go for some reason it's amazing to me it's amazing and I'm not being ugly I thank God I'm not being ugly towards these other churches but I go in some churches I go, I go in some churches where I know I know how many people they have I know what kind of businesses they run I know what kind of lives they live and then I look at their little little board up there and I see their little $300 offering on Sunday morning I'm thinking how do you get 300 people in this building only get $300 on a Sunday morning offering that, that's riches 
minus the grace of God equals selfishness. But then I go in some places where, I, again, I know how many they have. I know kind of what they do. And then you see what they can give and what they do. It's poverty plus the grace of God equals generosity. Here's, this church had poverty. But when God's grace got in on the scene, they gave generously. See, see, even with the loss and the poverty in their own life, they still had a desire to give to other Christians, watch this, to further the work of God. That's what they understood. They understood this wasn't just me giving. This is giving to do the work of God. This is giving to go forward with the work of God. Now, now watch this. Some people give out of guilt. And, and, and if tonight, I, I, that's what I do not want to do. I do not want to guilt anybody to give it. But some are, are, are motivated by guilt. And y'all have all been part of those type of places or services or offerings or preachers or whatever that guilt you into give. And, watch it, and some are motivated by greed. But spiritual givers are motivated by grace. Right? See, if I could guilt us into giving... We probably could grow the finances. If I could guilt you into giving, we probably could. But watch this. It also produced bitterness. We say it a lot of times joking. God, God wants a cheerful giver, but he'll take from a grouch. But you honestly, that bitterness, that bitterness runs deep. It runs deep. Guilt-motivated giving might give finances, but it might produce bitterness. Watch this. Greed, greed-motivated giving what it produces is unrealistic expectations. Listen, we've got so much TBN stuff coming in the pulpits of IFB churches. All right? There's some stuff I'm thinking, dude, they got that from TD Jakes or something. They did not get that from the Bible. Because watch this. You could empty your bank account tonight and give it to this church. And guess what you're going to have tomorrow? An empty bank account. <laughs> there is no obligation to God to fill your bank account. Now watch this. There have been times in my life that the grace of God got on me and told me to empty my bank account. There's been times where I, the grace of God said, give, give this amount. And I said, God, I only got that amount. Give it. Give it. And you know what? The grace of God moved on me to give it and I gave it. And you know what? God took care of it. But guess what I had on the next day? An empty bank account. Now, God supplied my needs. God took care of me. God done exceeding abundantly above all I can think or ask. But watch this. Just because I gave did not put an obligation on God to do anything for me. A lot of people will give by guilt. But then a lot of people give by greed and they'll have these unrealistic expectations. You sow the seed to our ministry. God will give you a fancy house, big cars, and all that other stuff. God might give you a broke down car and a messed up house. Right? He might. Because you ain't Israel. You're not a Jew. And this ain't the Old Testament. Amen. Are you listening? You realize we're spoiled in America? Spoiled brats is what we are. And, 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 and so I don't want to get ahead of myself. And I don't want to get caught up in all that. But listen, if you give thinking you're going to obligate God to materially give back to you, you're going to miss the joy of giving. Because all you're going to do is give and look for God to do. You say, well, I know somebody, gave, they gave and gave and gave and gave and gave and gave and God blessed them. Well, you know what? I'm not saying he don't. I'm not saying he won't. 
But it won't be because you obligated him to. It won't be because you tied his hands behind his back. Because you might give everything like Paul gave and die getting your head chopped off at the block. You might give everything like Paul gave and spend most of your life in prison. I guess God was mad at him, wasn't he? Funny and silly stuff about preachers get up and say, if God's mad at us, he's got a funny way of showing it because they got all this nice stuff. That's, that's what I mean, some of that TBN stuff coming in our IFB churches. That's silly. That's not right. God wasn't mad at Paul. It's not why he's spending time in prison. Here's what I'm saying is our giving should be motivated by grace, not guilt, not greed. See, God wants your giving to be motivated by the Spirit of God prompting your heart. Real quickly, that in Mark, Jesus is sitting by the treasury. He's watching them people give and give and give. And most of them people gave a whole lot of money. There's one little woman got God's attention. Y'all remember that? A little widow woman gave him two mites. She probably gave the least, but gave the most. Right? Why? Because it was grace giving. And listen, I don't believe this woman gave and said, all right, God, you got to take care of me. I don't believe it was, all right, I'm going to give, and now, God, you got to bless my bank account. I don't think she was giving saying, all right, God, you got to put me in the Bible. No. She was giving. She was giving because she realized that, hey, I'm giving everything I have because God has been so good to me. And the grace of God moved that woman to give. And she understood what giving was all about. It wasn't for guilt. I mean, listen, it wasn't so Jesus was noticed. As far as we know, she didn't know Jesus was God or who he was or where, what he was doing. She didn't know he was looking at him. It certainly went out of greed. She didn't have nothing. Watch this. She wasn't trying to force God to give her more. She loved God with all her heart. She loved God with everything she had. She gave her all by the grace of God. If you want your giving to honor God, it must be motivated by His grace driving us, bestowing us, bestowed upon us in our heart. It's by God's grace. Listen, these Christians down at Macedonia gave they, 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 they demonstrated a level of giving that was, was beyond the, the bottom line of a budget. They gave sacrificially. See, here's what they said. Here, here's what they said. All right, Lord, we see what we can give. It ain't much. But Lord, we want to give more. So Lord, we want to give beyond our power. If you'll help us, we'll give you more. They figured out in the budget what they'd give, if you will. Here's what they said. Lord, I would like to give you more. If you'll help me, I'll give you more. If you'll enable me, I'll give you more than we can give. And watch this. They were in great poverty, but they had an overwhelming desire to give. Here's why. A couple things. Number one, they had a willing heart. Notice your Bible. For, in verse 3. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were Willing of themselves. They were willing. You know what? Sacrificial giving, sacrificial giving is only going to start with a willing heart. I've been saying this a lot lately. This thing of Christian living starts in your heart. It's a heart thing. A willing heart. You know, it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have as long as you're willing to give whatever it is. Willing heart. 
You know who the most faith-filled givers are in our church? These kids. Y'all watch them. Watch them when we're giving this, these dollar bills. Watch this. They stand up looking for your dollar bills before you ever hold it up. Huh? Don't they? Watch them when that, that offering plate gets down here and them kids are looking. You ain't even held one dollar up. And I mean, y'all can't see that because y'all not up here. But I watch it. They're looking for that dollar bills before you ever, before you ever, and watch this, because they've got faith that you've got a dollar bill. Some of you wait till them kids get up. Because you think, well, if they don't get up, I'm not going to get it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think anybody's like that. Right? And then they get up, they got faith that you're going to give. Watch this, they got faith that you're going to have something for them to get. And they, some of you, because you give every week, they, before you ever get it ready, they come waiting on it. Huh? Huh? They've got faith. They are filled with faith when they give. Watch this. And these kids, these kids, they don't have it. But boy, they want to give it. We wonder, we've, we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks, we wonder if the reason maybe our uh, numbers are so big on Faith Promise was because some of these kids circled some big numbers on them Faith Promise pledges. And I said in the leadership meeting, I said, you know, if, if we had a kind of an age thing on them things, if we knew a kid was pledging $500 a week, we'd know that uh, we probably need to just discard that. And Brother Tim said, or maybe we need to adopt him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> $500 a week. You know what? These kids are faith-filled in their giving. Well, they, they, they don't, I know, and they don't, they don't understand money. They don't understand money, but they think, man, if I had $100, if I just had $100, I'd give it all. Boy, we'll have a couple hundred dollars and we'll say, oh, I don't know about that hundred dollar deal. You know, what the, you know what God said in Ephesians chapter 5? Be therefore followers of God as dear children. A willingness, a willing heart. They had a willing heart. Watch this. They had ministering hearts. Look in verse number 4. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift, watch this, and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. See, they, they connected their giving, that gift that they were giving, with the benefit of God's work and to God's people. They understood what Paul was doing was not a temporal thing. This what God, what Paul was doing was not just like working at a factory or, or working in a, in a business office somewhere. And it was not just like working in, in normal things. What they were doing, they understood as they gave that money to Paul, he was going to take that money and go and minister to the saints of God so they could keep doing the work of God. They understood. They didn't tie it to, well, I'm losing this. They're investing this money into something eternal. And they had a heart to minister to other people. We give our money to these missionaries. Now, I've been to Papua New Guinea and seen those people. I've, I've uh, you know, I've been out west and seen some of those people and preached to some of those churches. We've got missionaries all over the world. We've never seen the people 
We've never seen the people they're ministering to. Oh, we may see a prayer letter, letter or, or a video or an update on social media, but we don't know those people. And what we do is we give at a ministry heart. Go minister to those people. Hey, next week we're going to drop you off at the airport, Brother Earwood. We're going to drop you off to get on a plane and go to people we've never seen before, people we've never heard. I mean, listen, never even heard of Croatia until you told me about where you was going. Never knew Brother Brad Lowry until he called me on the phone. No, no, but we're going to put you on that airplane and send y'all over there to go minister. We're going to say, go minister. Hey, out of a heart of minister, go, go preach the gospel to those people. Go give the book to them people. We do that in our giving. They had a ministering heart. They wanted, they, they tied, they connected that giving, the benefit, not of themselves. Listen, we're not taking on missionaries around here to get out of debt. You listen. I've heard churches have that mindset, and, I, and that's to each their own, whatever. Oh, well, we got some trouble down at the church. Let's take on some more missionaries and get us out of trouble. That is greed. The grace of God, hey, let's take on missionaries go get the gospel around the world. How about that? Hey, how about let's take on missionaries to keep doing the work of God because people's dying and going to hell, and they don't even know it. We need to go tell them. Let's take on missionaries because our map is not all colored in yet. Let's take on missionaries because... Our reach is still not around the world yet. Oh, it's around the world, but it's not covering the entire globe yet. So let's, let's go. Let's just do it. Not to get out of trouble, but get out of debt. Ministering hearts, willing hearts. Givens of vestment, eternity. Jesus said, lay, up not your, lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. When you give out of a ministering heart, you are laying up treasures in heaven. Willing heart, ministering heart. Watch this, sacrificial hearts. Verse 5. Catch this. If you're not catching anything, tune back in. Tune back in. Verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves. First, first, before they took up an offering, they gave themselves. Listen, listen, you know what the secret to the, the passion, the, 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 the grace of the giving at Macedonia was? Was that they had given themselves. They had wholly consecrated themselves to the Lord. Listen, you're never going to be consistent in grace-motivated giving until... You have completely given yourself over to the Lord. Here, here's a, if we will get this heart set, our mindset and our heart set on this, Lord, all that I am and all that I have, cars, bank accounts, property, stocks, everything, all that I have, all that I am belongs to you. Then you're going to give with a passionate heart. When the Holy Ghost prompts you to give, you're going to say, well, it ain't mine anyway. It's sure. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, that you, uh, that you present your body as a living sacrifice. When you present yourself to God as a, as a sacrifice, you'll do whatever the Lord wants you to do as far as this giving goes. One man said like this, money is so intimately related to the possessor that we can't give our money without giving ourselves first. Listen, when you give financially to the work of God, you are affirming God has given me, but I have given myself. God has given me this grace to give, but I'm affirming I'm giving myself and I trust God for my future. 
When I give, when we give, Lord, I give myself to you and I trust you with my future. Well, I can do something else with this money, but I'm going to trust you with my future. Here's the thing. This, this matter of giving is a matter of the heart, a willing heart, a ministering heart, a sacrificial heart. I'm going to stop here tonight. Got, I got three more points. I'm going to stop here. A passion for giving. A passion for giving. How, how, why are we giving? Why would we give? Why could a, how could a church like Macedonia give like this? Because they had a heart. It was full of the grace of God. It's real easy, real easy to write out the budget. Budget out. And listen, I believe you ought to plan. And the Bible talks about the principle of planning and having a plan, you know, and knowing what you need and all that kind of stuff. Okay, the Bible, Jesus said it was foolish for you not to plan, right? He said it would be foolish for you to go strike out and go build a building and never sit down and count the cost. He said it would be foolish for you to go out to war without sitting down and thinking about the consequences. But he also said, lay, out, lay not up treasures down here. Lay up your treasures up. Listen to me tonight before we close out tonight. I want you to understand something. I am not trying to get you to give more to this church. I'm not trying to give you, get you to give more to our missions program. I'm not trying to get you to give more to building projects. I'm trying to give, get you to give more Got to say this, and I'm done. Go, Timothy, come play softball. Verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know that, don't you? We've been rejoicing in that tonight. Watch this. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That ye through his poverty. He said this in verse number 8, I speak not by commandment but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. Tonight, we're not taking up an offering tonight. Except we are taking up an offering tonight. Not an offering for the money. We're not going to pass the plates tonight. We're not taking an offering for you to write a check or to give online, but an offering of your heart. Because the grace of God that's been bestowed upon you, the grace of God that, that our, Lord ran, our Lord ransomed heaven for you. He ransomed heaven for me. He, he was rich but came, became poor for me, for my sake. And all he wants is for me to give myself to him. Do you have tonight, it's about your heart, do you have a willing heart? I'll give you anything and everything, Lord. If that means giving you money, I'll give you money. If that means giving you my life, I'll give you my life. If, if that means giving you my, my career, I'll give you my career. If that means giving my family, I'll give you my family. God, it's yours anyway. It's yours. I, I'm willing. I'm willing. Watch this. Sometimes he just wants to know if you're willing. Abraham, I have no doubt in my mind that God was not going to let Abraham kill his son. 
That's just not the way God is. But Abraham didn't know that. Isaac didn't know that. God saw that Abraham was willing. Sometimes God just wants to know if you're willing. Willing heart. Whatever it is, Lord, whatever it is, I'll do it. willing heart, and then a ministering heart. Realize that when you give yourself, when you give your life, when you give, again, finances or whatever, your skill set, you're not giving it to the pastor. You're not giving it to the church. You're giving it to the Lord. You're giving it to the Lord. Ministry, and, and you're giving it so the work of the Lord continue on. Never have understand people get mad at the church and stop giving. I, I get mad, and I don't know if anybody does that around here, but I've heard of people doing it, getting mad and want to hold, withhold their giving from the church because they're mad at the church. You mean you're okay with people dying and going to hell because you're, you're a little mad at the church? You're so petty and upset because somebody bothered you or somebody didn't say hey to you or somebody didn't do it your way. You're such a stinking crybaby that you'll, you'll let people die and go to hell and not give to the work of God? I don't think any of that goes on here, but it happens. A ministering heart. A willing heart. But watch this, a sacrificial heart. Give yourself to the Lord. First, I can see Brother Blue. I've been in him with many meetings. But you would you probably seen him too. You get that offering plate. I seen that picture of him, that big old offering plate. Him get off in that offering plate. And if you get off in that offering plate, guess what? He gets everything. You're in there. He gets all of it. First, first, give yourself. First, give yourself to the Lord. First, give yourself to the Lord. So, so we're not taking them offering, but we are taking them offering. Not passing the plate, but we're asking, will you give yourself to the Lord? Whatever it is. And it may be that God's already showed you what you're supposed to be doing, and you're doing it. I want you tonight to say one more time, Lord, I just want to remind you, I'm, I'm giving you everything. I needed that reminder tonight just to give everything to you. I need that reminder tonight just to give my all to you. Why? Because you've been so good. My name's written in heaven, so I'm going to give myself to you. I've been redeemed, so I'm going to give myself to you. Saved, saved by the power of divine, I'm just going to give myself to you. Got joy unspeakable and full of glory, so I'm just going to give myself to you. Because of your grace. I'm going to give us all stand heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. How about giving yourself over to the Lord tonight? How about just giving yourself over to Him? Give Him everything. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Give Him everything passionately. Give him everything practically. Give him your all tonight. Playing that song, Brother Todd's going to sing, I surrender all. All. Everything, Lord. Whatever it is, I surrender all. Brother Todd, you sing.